you're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my career working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend, Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today, we're going to talk about the childcare crisis in the U.S. So we, of course, already had a crisis of affordability and availability, but the pandemic is making things so much worse. Child care centers have to operate with fewer children, do extra work to sanitize, and they have to invest in PPE. The Center for American Progress estimates that we could lose 4.5 million slots nationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because the HEROES Act, um, you know, which of course was passed by the Congress and is stalled in the Senate, right, Colleen? It's not. Um, As things do. Right. And I believe that McConnell um, has announced they're not going to really look at it for another four weeks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, one of the things that um, you know has happened through the CARES Act, uh, Congress already appropriated $3.5 billion for child care. There's another $7 billion in the HEROES Act. But many people, including um, you know, our Congresswoman DeLauro, say that it's not enough. And, and it's not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think you said this, but analysis has shown that we're going to lose 45,000 licensed, just in Connecticut, child care spaces, because most programs can't survive for more than two months without funding. So, um, you know, Colleen, I don't know if you know that I, I um, am a consultant. I remain a consultant as to the child care that my 22-year-old son went to. Um, I'm the social work consultant. And um, so I've been seeing the, the regulations that are coming out in the state of Connecticut. And, you know, they make sense. I can understand from a public health standpoint why they're, you know, saying that we need to take children's temperature regularly. One of one of the things that has to change is they're not going to be allowed, kids are not going to be allowed to play in the sand. Wow. So, right, stop and think about it. A lot of playgrounds are almost exclusively sand. Mm. So daycares, child care centers are going to have to find different places for kids to play. You know, so... How are you going to do that? And also, they're only going to be able to have, you know, as they're suggesting with offices, the same people in that room. So, you know, one of the things that they're thinking about is what about, um, you know, changing teachers? Are you going to be able to do that? What about breaks for teachers? You know, how do you do all of those different things? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I guess one thing to think about is many, most, I think most wealthy countries subsidize early childcare, early care and education, right? Right. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting to me that we have all accepted that when a child reaches kindergarten age, there's a public responsibility to educate them. Right. So what's magical about turning five or six? I don't know. 
<laughs> right. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because with all of this work from home, you know, I was talking actually this morning with my sister about the fact that when I'm at the office, I never, almost never miss meetings, um, you know, forget about things that I'm supposed to do. You know, I mean, I forget some things, but sort of generally speaking, I'm, I'm really on top of things. Mm-hmm. I have missed so many things while I've been working from home. Have you had that experience? I guess you work from home all the time. Yeah, I am more used to it and it hasn't hasn't really cramped my style a lot, but I know it's very different. And I don't have children at home to take right. care of. Right. A whole nother ball game. Right. And I think that that's really one of the things that I, um, you know, watching people who have young children in the home who are trying to work, you know, it's really not feasible. So, you know, if as a country, we're not going to adequately subsidize childcare. What are we? What are we really saying? Are we saying that we are? We recognize we're going to lose a percentage of the workforce, or you know what I mean? Like, like, what's the answer to that? Yeah, and I mean that's kind of always been a question, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you look at low wage workers, um, and it. almost doesn't pay to go to work for some people because the cost of childcare compared to what they're going to bring home is incredible. Um, Childcare is still really arranged around a white collar nine to five work schedule, which Mm -hmm. just isn't possible for a lot of people. Um, and, And even for parents who've been struggling through trying to get their work done on email and Zoom while homeschooling their kids and 12 other things, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of low-wage workers, that's not even a possibility. Right. They have to right. physically be somewhere. Right. Um, so this childcare crisis is once again going to hurt the most vulnerable people, and it's going to fall more heavily on women than men um, because childcare is mm-hmm. somehow predominantly our responsibility um and feed into a wage gap that already exists yeah yeah i I think that's absolutely true and i think it's it's sort of twofold right because it's partly how is this going to impact working families but also the child care industry right Mm -hmm. so teachers and and um the the centers themselves are small businesses right um you know and so what are what are we doing about that how, how are we going to are we just saying well kids won't go to daycare and all these teachers won't have jobs you know and you know the the sticking point as i understand it right now with the heroes act has to do with that 600 dollar um supplemental uh, unemployment insurance. Mm-hmm. It's too much. People feel like it's such a sweet deal. Oh my God. You know, and the fact that people might be making more money than they did when they worked instead of saying, wow, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe people don't make enough money if $600 can make that much difference. But, um, you know, they're, they're, the Republicans seem at this point, at least committed 
to making sure that doesn't continue so that there is no one who has any um, possibility of choosing not to work because they're making more money. I know. Steam is coming out of my ears. Yeah, no, um, me too. And, and honestly, I don't know, I don't know what to do, but I think that this is one of those things that it's so simple because, um, you know, you, you shared a quote that I thought was really interesting. Um, that was, um, you know, if there was, if, if there was wherever a time to have a conversation about the fact that we expect parents to pay for childcare, for the first five years of life, and we expect government to pay for the next 13, then this is the time. Yeah. Um, that's from Elliot Haspel um, at the Robbins Foundation. Um, but right? what If we're not going to talk about it now, when are we ever going to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really been crippling people's ability to get ahead. And it's also, it's been terrible for children because if childcare is so unaffordable, you get kids in bad situations because parents can't make good choices. Right. And many centers that are small businesses need to find ways to operate. And so, you know, People all over are not being given the uh, possibility of making really good choices. And, you know, we all know that when we're under stress, it's more difficult to make good decisions. Yep. You know, so it, it's it's being left. And this is one of the things that I found fascinating in my role as a con- social work consultant for this child care center. Um, it's left to centers to decide what to do, or how to implement these guidelines, um, you know, some are opening, some aren't opening. It, it, it's, it's all just left to, you know, like when I think about this particular center, which is an exceptional center, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the director who's an early childhood person. You've got their um, medical consultant who's a pediatrician and me who's a social worker reading these things and sort of deciding, you know, and with lots of input, input from the board, input from the parents, but, but, but they should be telling us what to do, not saying it's up to you to decide. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting to me how we choose what industries we're going to bail out and what industries we're not. Right. Um, I can't think of a more essential industry and an industry that, you know, needs a bailout. There's, you know, there are a couple of national chains that perhaps have deep pockets to ride this out. But as you said, these are these are mainly small businesses mm-hmm. that aren't operating on huge margins to start with. So I'm I'm generalizing more than I should, but you know, a lot most, if not many, uh Childcare centers are nonprofits, you know, not the family based ones, but center based. Um, and they do things like have bake sales mm-hmm. to, to meet the needs of the children that they care for. Um, you know, every center asks parents for donations of things. That, that indicates to us that they're not making enough money to function. Mm hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that um, it's a really another indication 
of just how skewed our policies are. It just upsets me so much, Colleen. So, well, let's try to make you less upset. Um, Okay. (laughs) We can certainly call our senators and tell them that the HEROES Act is a priority and that we want child care funding included in it. Yes. Um, And that we'd like more than is currently in it, included in it. Are there other ways that you think we can get a real discussion about child care and the right to child care going in our communities? We need to have these conversations in public, right? We can't keep just sort of saying among ourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is such a nightmare. We need to, you know, if you are a parent with a child in child care, if you are a child care provider, write an op-ed. Mm. Um, write a letter to the editor, make noise because children don't have a voice in the political process. Only they're the adults, the parents and caregivers do. And so I think this is one of those times where you need to make your voice heard. That's great advice. Thank you for listening to Broke. Do you have a story to tell about how poverty is affecting your life? We want to hear from you. Send us an email at AmericanBroke at gmail.com. We may invite you on a future episode. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Colleen.